there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven and a time to die. God, wisdom, folly. These are the three themes in the book of the Bible we call Ecclesiastes. God, wisdom, folly. No more, no less. If you divide the book into those three subject headings, you can put the entire book under one of those three at any point, anywhere you read in the book. God, wisdom, folly. The God parts are about, well, God and us. The wisdom parts are about the wisdom that teaches us how to live in a number of different kinds of situations. The folly parts expose when we decide not to live by wisdom or sometimes just plain find ourselves in bad situations in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes we choose folly and sometimes, well, it's just there. And sometimes as the original thinker of Ecclesiastes pondered, Sometimes it feels like he's just thinking out loud, trying to sort through all of this God, wisdom, and folly that we call life. And that's why you have to be careful with this book. And it's sometimes why you've got to be careful with the follow-up to this book, which is the entire preaching career of Jesus. These are not meant to be Verses taken out of context. They're meant to be held together. And Ecclesiastes is the best example of that. Just trying to figure out, just trying to sort out how to get through life. Sometimes it's God, sometimes it's wisdom, sometimes it's folly, sometimes it's all happening at the same time, but we just talk it out. And we keep expressing ourselves and we keep listening to each other and we keep talking. That's life. That's God, wisdom, folly. You ever do that? You ever just sit with someone and try to figure everything out? You ever gone up to two old men sitting on a porch and you say, what are y'all doing? And they say, we're sorting out the world's problems. You ever had a conversation? You have a conversation yesterday that fits into this category? You know what other conversations fit into this category of God, wisdom, folly and trying to figure out life? Every single one of them. Every conversation we have is in one way or another just trying to figure out what it is that we're doing. What does God want? Who are we supposed to be? What do you want to eat today? Everything comes down to just trying to get through the day. And it's not all bad. It's not the negative, oh, I'm just trying to get through the day. It's just what comes next. What are we doing now? What did we do back then? What are we going to do tomorrow? And then right after a time to be born, time to die, you know, the poem 
in Ecclesiastes 3, the first thing, and this is where I think everything is going to come together for us today, right after the poem in Ecclesiastes 3, don't look at your books, you know what the first thing he says is? What do you think would be the follow-up to there's a time for a time to be born, time to die? What do you think the next thing would be to follow that up? What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there's nothing better than for people to be happy and to do good while they live. So, I don't know if you heard the third sentence after the second sentence, but listen to it again. I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. God has made everything beautiful in its time. God's laid a burden on humanity made everything beautiful in its time. I spent a lot of this last year thinking about my own work life, what life has looked like, especially when it comes to work. You ever do that? You ever just kind of sit back and think, you know, what, what have I done in my work life? They tell me that this is something that men do in their late 40s, going into their early 50s, and okay. But I did, it just kind of just sat in thought, especially because of everything over the last 15 months. What about work? So I went back to the very earliest job that I could think of. I was nine years old, nine, 10, 11 years old, in a little town in south central Texas called Rungi. And I took my lawnmower and I pushed it down the street until I saw a yard that looked like it really needed mowing. And I went and knocked on their door. And I said, for $5, I'll mow your lawn. And some people took me up on it. And so some days I could make $10, $15. For a nine-year-old in the late 70s, early 80s, that was pretty cool. Because all I wanted in life was to go swimming. But swimming was free at the municipal pool for people under 12. And so all the money went to the other things. Because we didn't have money in the house laying around. I couldn't ask someone, hey, can you give me money? That's why I went and pushed a lawnmower around Rungi, Texas in the summertime. And got $5 a day every once in a while, 10 Because I wanted three things. Three things is all I wanted in life as a 9, 10, and 11-year-old. I wanted Dr. Pepper. I wanted cassette tapes. And I wanted rock and roll magazines. That's it. And so I'd go push a lawnmower around. That's what I got. What do workers gain from their toil? Dr. Pepper, cassette tapes, rock and roll magazines. Thanks for asking, Solomon. But those three years, those three summers convinced me when it came to the what do workers gain from their toil, 
that there were other things that happened in your work life, in this everyday life, and one of those was sweat because it was hot in South Central Texas. And so when I turned 12, I decided I'm going to go find a job where I can work in air conditioning. And so I did. I went and found a church that would pay me under the table to be the assistant, not even the assistant janitor, the janitor's helper. So when I was 12 until I was 16, I worked two to three days a week after school as a janitor's helper at a church near the apartments where I lived. They paid me cash under the table to vacuum, empty trash and diaper bins, wash mirrors, pick up discarded orders of worship and coffee cups left around what they called the auditorium. They didn't know what any of these words meant. They didn't know what any of it meant. But I came to know when I was 12 years old, even as I was coming to faith, what every janitor at every church of Christ that has ever been has experienced. And it is a trash can or a trash bag full of diapers and discarded cups of Welch's grape juice. There's a smell that comes with that. And it may not be proper to talk about smells like that in a sermon during such a lovely first worship service, but you're all wearing masks, so it's okay. And I say it because sometimes those kind of little what-do-workers-gain-from-their-toil moments happen all around us all the time, and we don't realize it. We don't realize that, you know, there's someone in this building right now who knows that smell. There's someone who works beside us, and we're sitting here today, and we're worshiping God. But as I was coming to faith at that time, getting to know Jesus, discovering God, in my innocence, I remember thinking how odd it was that people littered in God's house, where God lived. In my innocence and my, what I thought, my 12-year-old understanding that God lived there. I mean, I really did. I thought that where I cleaned and vacuumed and picked stuff up, I thought God lived in there. And I thought that that room, as I cleaned and vacuumed and put songbooks back in the rack, I remember being offended for God kind of feeling sorry for God that the people who came over to his house left it in such a mess. I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And then Jesus offers a commentary on these very words in Ecclesiastes, and he paints a picture. Jesus, in his preaching, offers a commentary on everything being made beautiful in its time. And he gives an example, a, an actual example of what it looks like, that God has made everything beautiful in its time. And here's what Jesus said. See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not 
labor or spin, which is another way of saying they do not work or work. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. You remember Solomon, right? The one attributed to have said things like, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. But don't worry. Because you don't have to figure it all out. See, maybe you were taught, and I was taught along the way, that all of this talk in Ecclesiastes 3 about a time to be born, a time to die, a time to embrace, a time to, and this is the way I said it earlier this week while I was practicing this sermon, a time to embrace from refraining. I thought you had to figure all that out. I thought that what our job as a church in living in wisdom, that what we were supposed to be doing was trying to figure all of these times out. Well, is it a time for war? Is it a time for peace? And I don't think that's what's going on anymore. I've kind of come to a different understanding of what's really happening in Ecclesiastes 3. It's about putting everything in its proper place, sure, and seeing it for what it is, a time to search and a time to give up. But sometimes those things circle back around. It's not linear, it's not this happens and then this happens, or this happens or this happens. Sometimes they're happening at the same time. A time to be born and a time to die. Today, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. Things are happening all around us all the time at the same time. Our notions of eat, drink, wear are all temporary every last one of them. And putting our hope in anything that is temporary is what the wisdom literature of Scripture calls folly, foolishness. Everything is in its time. Everything happens in its time. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to discern it. You don't have to be the one that has just the right thing. Everything happens in its time. Today, it's a time to confess Jesus as Lord. Today, it's a time for us to be together in here. So Ecclesiastes and the preaching of Jesus both do the exact same thing with the same three themes, God, wisdom, folly. But I'll give you one guess which one of those three actually lasts. God, Wisdom, folly. This is about knowing the time. It's about knowing the time. It's a time to be silent, and it's a time to speak. And sometimes those are happening at the same time. So, you people created by God to live in wisdom, in a world of folly, welcome to a story about choosing the right path, but also a story about knowing the time, a time to do and a time not to do, and the wisdom to see and hear the difference.
that maybe with all of these things happening all at the same time, as we try to live in God, to live in wisdom, the best thing that we can do is just to point at things happening in the world and say, that's happening. It's not trying to figure out, well, is this a time for war or is it a time for peace? According to Jesus, it's always a time for peace. But sometimes war happens. And thankfully, peace happens too. And so we point at those things and we say, well, this just happens to be a time for war. And I hate to say it, but for whatever reason, the world we live in right now, the big world, the Western world, our country, pick a topic. It's a time for division. But in here, it doesn't have to be. This can be. Even if it's the only place we experience for just this hour, this doesn't have to be a time for war, a time for division. This can be a time for peace. Wisdom is about knowing the time. Maybe it's just about being in time. And I think it's also about not getting stuck in any one time. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down. And a time to build. A time to weep. And a time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent. And a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each time has enough trouble of its own.